All right, and we're back. I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, but the screen, this whole thing looks a lot different. Um, so I'm a little thrown off, but anyways, uh, Judd's Buds, episode 99. No good 99s in NHL history, so a big nothing burger. But as always, joined by my good buddy, Mr. At State of Hoppy Hoppy, how are you doing? I don't know, it seems like we're both in uh, better spirits than we were last week. Yeah, pretty much. Like a little bit alive, so. got a couple hours of sleep, maybe. Oh, well, nope, because actually, uh, I, got, I was back on my old antics two nights ago. I fell asleep. I had to leave for work right around 6 or so, because I had to get there early, because I was really, really behind. Uh, I fell asleep at 5.30, so I just got a 30-minute nap, and tell you what, that feels like shit when you wake up and you, there's not an option to go back to bed. Um, that one hurt. That was a good day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. In great spirits, feeling, feeling great. Um, definitely don't feel like I'm tripping balls. That's for sure. I don't know if I'm for, Oh no, I thought you were frozen for a second. No, it was actually me. <laughs> um, I did buy this, this beer on the way back here. Cause it looks like the North face. Oh, not that North looks, face. Patagonia. Patagonia. Cool. Let's yeah. see it. Oh. Hey, that works. See what they did with the double IPA, the two eye situation. <laughs> Real clever. Real clever. Yeah, no, I'm sleeping great. Um, India, India IPA. Yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is going to be the, uh, the NHL All-Star Weekend uh, show. No prospect talk. We're just big All-Star Weekend guys. Um, I'll be honest, I already forgot that, that happened this weekend, but... Um, the Nikita Kucherov is now the third member of this podcast. He is more than welcome to come on once you just openly, aggressively don't give a shit in an all-star skills competition. Get booed by Toronto Maple Leafs fans and then just do it for like three more days. I no longer hate your guts. And um, it was it was absolutely incredible. So shout out Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. I hope McDavid gave him the one million. Uh, he absolutely should have. and. I mean, yeah, I don't know. How many times have we been booed by people from Toronto? Oh, uh, yeah. I get uh, the playoffs last year. I, I took. Uh, oh, yeah. I took took them to task pretty good. Um, I mean, I don't know. I like very funny that McDavid won the one million. <laughs> it's very funny that the guy that makes 12 sheets a year comes away with the million extra bucks who designed basically the whole fucking weekend is like make sure it's in toronto make sure it's nice and cold you know we don't want to yeah I, I, I chop up the ice pretty good when it's nice and cold but uh and then here's exactly what we should do i mean i don't i i am not good at these these are the things i'm the worst at but you know i think the other guys might like it specifically cooch he said he'd love it <laughs> um, so fucking good for Connor McDavid for you know securing his future a little bit. Um, it's so fucking funny that they introduced the million dollar prize and fucking Connor McDavid comes away with the back. And uh, good for the Leafs fans, they uh, they won the weekend though, you know, they won something. Um, which David Pasternak very, very Hang affectionately is like, hey, good for them, good Hang for them. Yeah, they needed to win something. Um, so, you know, if good yeah, for didn't, them. 
didn't pasta say basically like <laughs> you think they'll win two rounds this year <laughs> well yeah he's like yeah we'll see what happens like at the playoffs or whatever he's like it's no it's good for them they needed to win uh, something. it was like oh fuck <laughs> oh god but now god that's gonna be miserable in the playoffs though for me because the least you know least fans noted normal people um Very normal. they definitely they definitely won't remember that and bring it out at the weirdest fucking time possible um so that's good but anyways i don't know man i i literally didn't watch a second of it live did you at all no i just saw highlights getting posted about kucherov not yeah. caring and i loved it all right perfect that does it for the all-star episode uh we'll, we'll just be back next week uh part two no uh, actually yeah, no, I, no no uh, the other thing that needs to be addressed was it uh, Michael Bublé? Oh, what was that? So they were talking. I don't know if they were doing like a press conference after they did their draft of like who landed on what teams. But he's like, yeah, I don't know what happened there, guys. Like, I don't know. My buddy told me it was a micro dose. He was clearly lying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. That was like, was that right at the beginning? It, it was pretty early. Yeah. I just was just like, all right, so that's how this weekend's going to go. That's good. All right. No, we need more of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I just don't give a shit about this. All like, and it, it's fine. Like, I'm not mad about it either. I just don't give a fuck about it. That's the thing. Um, if you're, if you're like, if you're thirties, yeah. forties, whatever, and you have some kind of problem with how the all-star game is handled, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I am personally a big fan of not needing to watch it. I really like having, I mean, now you have other hockey. Now I can watch that. I don't have to like focus on fucking either the Minnesota wild or the Boston. Like it really, they both upset me quite often. So um, a break from that's always nice, but yeah. Um, yeah. Connor David, no longer uh, collecting food stamps. Good for him. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, really, no super set agenda for this one. I mean, we're going to do pretty much mostly draft stuff. We do have to address a few things. Yeah, Minnesota. we can we can start with that, too, uh, for, from Horror yes. Docs. Uh, everyone, play the young guy. Garen, did you mean play Marilyn Goligoski? That's, that's how it was interpreted. And it's, I mean, you know... It's crazy too, because uh, I mean, Garrett. I mean, Russo had the put the article out, and like, basically his tweet, like, was perfect. It was like one time Adam Beckman was at the very top of the prospect pool, and since then he has played like twelve games in the NHL. Um, we got a caveat well, I mean, though. Well, it's caveat because he was the like basically the only fucking prospect. right. He was at the top of the prospect pool before we had any prospects. Like, <laughs> right? No, I. But no. But then, so this is my whole thing is like, so they talked to Garrett about it. And Garrett's like, this is his chance. It immediately is scratched. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> or before that, the lines came out. He was on the fourth line. It's like same shit. All right, cool. Same shit. Yeah. No. no okay. <laughs> this is fucking unbelievable. Like, and why? then Deck Declan Chisholm can't play him. It's like welcome to Minnesota. You're out of the uh, the log jam in Winnipeg. Um, scratched in place. If I, I don't know if NHL.com is lying to me about the projected D pairs, but I mean we're looking at 
Merrill Favor, Middleton, Burbis, Golagoski, Bogosian. You can't fucking no, put Declan Chisholm in there. That's what the NA, that's what NHL. I'm gonna check it on daily face off. This is outrageous. Because Brodeed's sick. Middleton, right. Faber, Goligoski, Bogosian, Mermis, Merrill is what they have on here as okay. of February 7th from Russo. So I'm going to go with that. <sighs> I like that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that's, 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 that's why I was like, I don't know if that is. I'm fucking with me right now. But now, Are, oh, are yeah, you with so me bad. though, Z? I don't remember if we talked about this or if I talked about it with Isha, but I don't like that they're forcing Faber and Brodeen back together when Brodeen's healthy. Like Middleton and Faber are working. Yeah. Do you not want to get balance in your blue line and like let Brodine carry someone else? Because Middleton with Faber is great. Middleton with anyone else that's not Spurgeon, not so great. And like healthy, I mean, like, obviously that's not even an option this year, but like right, healthy right. Spurgeon. Point, you know what I mean? That's my point, right. though. That's not an option. Right. Brodine, at the very least, even if he's not playing like Typical Jonas Brody. doesn't really matter who he's playing with. He's going to be your second or third best defenseman. So, like, I agree 100%. Like, Faber Middleton has been legitimately, like, an awesome deal. Bringing the best out of both of them. Where Faber, like, he has that backs up of Middleton. And he's an extremely good defenseman defensively in his own right. But also now he's got a little bit more freedom to continue this offensive uh Kind of like not breakout because he did this last year in Minnesota, but like this this unexpected like offensive production and effectiveness. Um, but I don't know. I and listen, favor Brodin gonna be great, but like I mean, spread the wealth a little bit. And again, like it doesn't really matter who you put with Brodin. Like whoever is gonna play with Brodin is going to be better for it. And Brodin's probably gonna do exactly what Jonas Brodin does. So um, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Um, and plus, I just love that pair. Like, it's just a fucking awesome. Pair oh, it's like it's very fun. Um, vibes, vibes per sixty or high, and I, oh, I just yeah. love. You go back to the whole interview that Middleton had with Russo, like the the milk bag comments, <laughs> nerd comments, <laughs> whatever. Like, I just love that they're together now. <laughs> Middleton's the fucking best dude. He is. No, if if we have like a pecking order for like power ranking the guys that we want to get on here as guests, Middleton's probably the first three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can He's you think of a better interview than him on the team currently? No. Not even remotely close. Like it's he's the second and third best and first best uh, option. Um yeah, no 100%. But <sighs> I don't know. It's just, this is just the fucking year from hell. I swear to God. Like I just, it was like yeah, two weeks of fun, and then there was like, mm, we're actually just gonna lose every game. Always I mean, now, and then everyone's do, gonna- do you think this is five D chess from Garen though, where like he's forcing Galagoski and Merrill into the lineup? He's like, we're not gonna contend this year. Let's just get the pick. Hmm. Fair enough. I mean, at this point, because I still, I, it's weird because I still like, yeah, because if they really are playing, like, at this point, it doesn't matter because again, Spurgeon's out for the whole year, but like, they're just, they shouldn't be bad enough to be like, there's like being a lottery team and then there's being a fucking lottery team, like, where it's just like, this is like the one of the worst teams ever. And it's like, how are, how are they here? 
How <laughs> were they like fucking bottom five or six? It's crazy. Uh, it's injuries. I mean, that that's a pretty easy answer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. I don't know. Injuries plus the start of the year being the worst like microcosm of everything going wrong. Like goaltending couldn't have been worse. It's been totally different since. I don't know. It's one of those weird years where, again, you're not contending anyways. Maybe you like count your blessings and find yourself in a top 10 draft pick in a pretty solid year, which, again, that's uh, primarily what we're going to talk about here. Right. It's true, but um, yeah, Adam Beckman, not, not going to, uh, this is his chance to watch and learn, you know, like that. This is his chance to check out what the NHL is like. <laughs> no, no, they, they want to see what it's like when he's shooting pucks in a Minnesota driveway instead of an Iowa. Yeah, driveway. that's a good point. The different gravel, uh, for 60, you know, uh, distribute, I don't know. Uh, air is a little different, uh, Checking the specs on the end line of the rotary dirter. Ah, uh, damn. No. <laughs> um, the last time we ever we did talk about Beckman, I mean, we might have touched on him like briefly last week, but like he has been like he has been ripping it up in Iowa since he got healthy again. He has stood out every time um, that they've played. Even they went on a brutal losing streak. And by the way, Mason Shaw looks phenomenal. He's playing again. He's got a shorthanded goal. Things at two or three on the season now, um, but literally, like God healthy, they, I, some of their losses have been, they don't look like a real hockey team. Um, part of that is like they have to fucking lose half the team to get called up to watch, like just in case someone else somehow gets hurt on Minnesota. So like they have half a team yeah. all the time, anyways. But like immediately, I think it was at some some day this this past week, but. They had a horrific loss, and he led a players only meeting. It's like this guy's been back for like three weeks, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on down here?" And we love Mason Shaw for that, but good to see him back healthy after what four, four fucking ACL tears. I, I'm after one, after one, you would never see me like stand up again. I would be like, "Nope, this that's it for me. I don't like this at all." And he is now playing professional hockey again for a fourth time after four fucking ACL surgeries. So, but it's been great to see him. He's a beauty. But that, he is the fucking best. Good Western Canada guy. Anyways. God. Yeah. Back, back to my point to Sean lose the game. So Chicago has fewer lottery balls for Celebrini. Keep playing checkers. Boys. Garen is playing 40 chess. I, yeah, if Chicago gets Celebrini, I'm just done watching hockey. It's fucking pointless. Yeah, I mean, you know, such a bunch of good dudes, you know, great organization, great culture over there. So I'm sure the NHL is going to do what they can to uh, let them catch a break for once. Um, yeah, well, yeah, let's, I'll, let's, I'll, I'll throw up. I will throw up. We, we might as well get into it, though. Let, let's get into draft talk. And holy shit, this weird hockey tournament called the bean pot that somehow everyone is interested it's in watching. Like, <laughs> yeah. It is unbelievable. I've every year I cry laughing because somehow, and this is sneakily one of the funniest, some of the funniest shit the city of Boston's ever pulled off is getting like a substantial amount of North American hockey fans to give a shit about the bean pot which there are four fucking teams from Boston who compete. 
that's it. There's no like qualifying other than like, hey, are you like one of the four here in Boston that like oh, you still exist? Yeah, you haven't your your school's not okay. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can come play. Um, and it's just so funny. It is fucking sick every year. It's a great tournament. It's very fun. Um, that. It's just funny. The the garden gets absolutely rocking because I be people get there. And like you get your ticket for both games, and I like beers are just flowing. Love the Northeastern. I've said this before, sneakily, the, the most unhinged of the four. Like their fans are absolutely insane and say some of the most heinous things I've ever heard in my life. They're just like, oh wow. Um, they pretty much they take up like half of the the nosebleeds just themselves. So. Um, but I mean, Celebrini dropping f bombs, great game by the way. Holy well, shit, the most Ryan Leonard assist of all time. But the those goals, oh my god. Yeah, then there you go. Like that's what this kid does. Like, yeah, every, is, everyone's you know. saying like, oh, I don't know, Celebrini could go down as like one of those first overall draft busts, like touch grass. I don't know why. Bad. It's such a weird. It's like the only player that they've never said that about is like McDavid and Bedard. They, it's the same people that do this shit every like, Oh, I don't know. It's this, ah, you know, it could, they could, it could not work out. You know, I said this about some other first overall pick and I know what I'm talking about. It's just a crazy fucking like need to just shit on these like 16 and 17 year old. Like, ah, Think he's gonna be a really bad player uh, for first overall picks. Think he's gonna be bad. So I don't know why people do that because Celebrini's fucking unbelievable. Like he I, literally excels at every single part of the game. Like two way player. Yep. Insane shot. Yep. Dynamic playmaker. Yep. Skating plus. Like it's just like there's no. There's nothing that's going to prevent him from being a very good NHL player. And on top of that, he's incredibly smart. Like he has pretty much no, he has no real actual weakness, which is why he is strongly first overall. Like it's crazy to me that people are like, Oh, could be, could be okay. not good though. But it's like, well, oh, really? That's weird. What a weird way. Yeah. No. Well, look at all, like the majority of the first overall picks. Find me a player that actually makes all name team consideration like Macklin Celebrini. Like they're pretty boring names. Austin Matthews, Conrad yeah. McMonster, like so good. <laughs> Daddy just fires bullets. Um, I don't know. That's that's the only thing I can come up with that seems weird. And are are we in agreement? Like there's one team we definitely want him going to, right? Arizona. Where do you want him to land? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Salt Lake? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I feel like it was a trick question. No, no, San Jose. Yeah, I think that's just like they need it. It's too fun. Him and Kalen Addison, harmless, harmless. You know, I'm not really worried. I, I forget about the San Jose Sharks sometimes. Dude, I mean, dude, slippery Pete. Can't forget about him. Fair. Fair enough. They do have that fucking beauty, William Eklund. He's so good. Um, that's that's Slipper Pete. I know. Um, yeah, I, of all the of all the possibilities, San Jose, I would be. I'd be like, 
All right. Yeah, that's fine. All right, we can work. We can work with that. Um, really, don't want Anaheim. They they've had enough of good things. They've had enough good yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Don't need that. Not do that. Don't need Chicago. Certainly, don't not do not need Montreal. I really, for my own health, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. That. We've we, we've got a guy in the chat that's been chiming regularly. That wild need to start winning so that the Habs get a better pick. How did you find us? Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, I mean, the, the worst case scenario is absolutely Chicago, but yeah, that's just terrible. There's going to be some interesting teams though, that don't make the playoffs that could like pull the crazy New York Rangers, give them the free first overall pick bump. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it'll be Detroit for sure. God, Jesus Christ. You do not need it. That Habs fan 14. You do not need another first <laughs> overall pick. Son of a bitch. You need it. You keep, need you've it. also got some of my favorite goddamn prospects the last couple of years, too. I'm sick of this. I need it to not happen anymore. Stop it. Dude, weren't you like messaging their latest draft pick and like saying horrific things to him because he nope. got drafted? Yeah, I, oh God, I, always, I actually, I actually finally forgot about that because it makes me mad every time. But you know, whatever. Um, it's all right. But anyways, we can kind of transition that into actual draft. The the bottom line with Celebrini is it is like it's it was already pretty firm, like a month maybe into this actual hockey season. Like, but it is Celebrini, and at this point, like Demidov for me personally is around there like he's in the same okay. zip code but then there is there is a serious drop off but like there isn't really a player right now outside of like Demidov at his absolute best maybe Iserman um but probably not cuz he's certainly got plenty of flaws in his game at this time <clears throat> like it's so far this year especially yeah. um but i mean right now it is like Celebrini and then the draft starts that's like kind of where we're at it feels like um yeah. Because I mean, it's funny, you like just listen to any like whatever people are posting, like whatever they're like elite prospects. They did theirs when they did their top sixty-four, yeah. uh, and they they always do their video. They like put the video out of like the full conference that they do, and it's just like all right, like anything about Celebrity before we just move on to like it's like nope, all right, great, and then the draft starts. So that's like kind of at this point, just that's where we are. Um, no, totally. That's fair. And I mean, you've been hard on the Demidov train for sure. There's been a lot of up and down for Cole Iserman. It feels like that's really it for the forward discussion, though. Am I right? Like the rest of it's like real defense heavy at the top end of the draft. Are there any other forwards that you see being in contention for a top five pick? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely Berkeley Catton, Spokane Chiefs, WHL. He's been on the radar for a long time now. He was a top five. I mean, he again, another guy for me, he's probably been a consensus, like easy top five for a while. And I know like Smart Scouted, we're having our mid-season rankings meeting coming up there in the next couple of weeks. Um, everyone is pretty firm on him. I, most of the people in our group have him three, four, five, somewhere in there. Um, but solid two-way center. Unfortunately for him, he is five foot eleven, you know, so that's automatically minus ten points. Um, but dynamic playmaker, great shot. Again, two way games there, plays hard, 
he's such a like he is a for me he's one of my favorites in the draft too and then you've got some of the other risers Caden Lindstrom's the one that I'll have my eyes on for sure that really burst onto the scene and hasn't slowed down he's fucking massive um he's mean and he is unbelievably skilled and is a vers like torching for like a draft eligible player torching WHL scoring on a, like an average medicine hat team so that's another another one to watch for sure so um Definitely would have Berkeley Catton, and I definitely have Caden Lindstrom on the radar for sure. Um, I love Lindstrom; he's fucking awesome. He's been, again, yeah. There you go. It would be very nice to see Caden Lindstrom in a Minnesota Wild duty for sure. I mean, and we haven't talked about him a ton. Like, is is there anything that you see for potential concerns with him, or anything that truly pops off in comparison to some of these other top guys, or just kind of cut and dry, like you've explained it? Yeah, I mean, the thing with him is, like, he's always been viewed favorably, just, like, in terms of this draft class. It's just this, like, he's at a new level this year where it's like, all right, where is the actual projection? Um, so, I mean, I don't think I've, at this point, with his start to the year and how he's just continued, um, I don't really see many people who have him outside of their top ten. And I know there's plenty of people who would push for him to be in, like, a top three, four, five discussion for sure. But I mean, again, he's just, he is for draft eligibles. He is that like, he is the, the prospect that so many GMs and scouting directors like dream about where he's like, he's huge. He's six, three, six, four, he's 200 something pounds and he's fucking mean. And he has the scoring touch and he's incredibly smart. Like he's got that super high ceiling, but his floor is also super high. So it's just, that's the thing. And, but the, I guess in terms of why maybe his name hasn't been thrown around the past as much as just cause like, all right, where is the actual projection here? Cause he's like, he's kind of hit that like crazy trajectory just in the past six months versus sure. like how much of that has been there. But I mean, he's been a cheap Canada guy for forever. So like he's been viewed again as like a consensus, probably first top of the second round, but then this year, the ascent's just been crazy, but he is awesome. Like he is so fun to watch too. On a, there, that team has a couple of guys. Medicine has got a couple who are very fun. Andrew Basha, sneaky, sneaky, like honorable mention all name, just for the last name, Basha. Another <laughs> very fun player. Definitely a first round guy. Um, very slippery, skates real well, tons of skill. But uh, yeah. That's all you got to say on Basha? Like, that's a guy that we haven't talked about once on here. Uh, I, not yet. Probably. Um, okay. He's probably right to like mid to late 20s, though. I mean, again, like, like I said, the thing with him is he just couldn't dart through the fucking neutral zone. Like he just doesn't lose the puck, but not the biggest dude in the world. But like the change of speed too is crazy. Um, he's just very fun. And especially when he's like, because he's not as big of a player, but is unbelievably filthy. And it's very fun with him and Lindstrom are playing on the same line. Cause it's just like, all right, there's that big fucker who's killing people and going shelf. And then, Basha, who is just carving everybody, um, very fun combo. I'm very, I'm actually really curious to see where he winds up because he's like, there's no doubt he should be a first rounder. And as like a double underage with WHL, he was like close to a point per game already. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Margarita's got him at 24. So yeah, there you go. Unfortunately, five eleven, man, midget, man, yeah. legal midget. Um, don't know if he can even play. All right. 
it seems like uh, we got a good Habs fan in our midst. Been watching you guys for a while, and you guys are great. And those Hab fans who do that are not real fans. Agreed. Yep. Fair. All right. You're good. One of us. Um, got my eyes on now, you, you got to tell me, though, Z, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a glutton for punishment. And oh, just because of the disappointment with uh, Cole Eiserman leaving, I got this weird itch where like, I kind of want him to be the guy that lands in Chicago so I can just like full out hate him. Yeah, now you are a glutton for punishment. That, that, for sure. could, uh, that could end really poorly. <laughs> oh, God. Him? him. Oh, God. Now, I, you know, it's crazy. That's actually a real possibility, too. I'm going to puke just oh, thinking about it. It's an extreme possibility. Is, That's why I bring it oh, up. God, he and Bedard are going to put up 50 a year. Yeah, I want him or Celebrini. I'll go with him. I guess I so. will sign up for that life. Still, <laughs> yeah. It'll, They're guaranteed to not get Celebrini. There's no winning, but you know, um, right. God damn, that sucks. Oh God. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't need that, but you did it. I mean, it. no matter who they land at the top there, we're not going to be thrilled with it. I know it's going to be fucking horrible. Whatever. Not fun. Which of course. I can see them targeting a D man. I, oh, that's the other thing. They'll probably end up with like Lev Shunov at the very worst. Right. Well, and Korczynski uh, there forever. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and to wild fans' dismay, of course, now we see Oliver Moore popping off. Yep. <laughs> it's all coming together, baby. <laughs> Just like we hoped. Just yeah, like it. we hoped. <laughs> love it when a plan comes together. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, We got one here from Swerve95. Again, let's kid D man. Yakumchuk will be attainable for the wild three to 10 spot. That big six, seven Russian D man. Lots of gooders in the draft. Nice. Um, I mean, realistically here, looking at profile, looking at who's going to be available. Let's just be conservative and say the wild falls somewhere between seven to 10. Who do you see being the top considerations and, do any of these guys fit that bill? I, I'm going to say that Salayev is probably not going to be in the mix just because he is like blowing through all rankings now. Like everyone's got him top three or four. But wh who do you see being realistic there and who would be on your wish list? Yeah. So this is like something I was going to touch on too, just like because of how weird this draft class is just in terms of oh like this player has the like all the tools of the world but they're missing this one thing like the top it does feel like the top outside of celebrini at this point now you've got a bunch of the same players everywhere in that top like 15 range so it's fun because i was actually looking at it and i i don't know why i was surprised and it made me really like pause and try to figure out all right, so what's like reality specific? Yakumchuk. That one for me, like I think the Minnesota Wild would love to have a kid like Yakumchuk, and he should be <laughs> attainable in that range. Cause okay. I'm just looking at it now. So, but we know that Bobby Mack always has a pretty good feel on what the league thinks um, because he quite literally uses NHL scouting departments. And Bobby Bax got him right around 12. 
Then you go to Pronman, who cost, yep, I was just going to ask you significantly. This is why I was like, holy shit. Um, he's got him. What at three? At three, yeah. That's crazy. But <laughs> I mean, that is wild. But he also is like pretty heavily invent. Like that's where he gets a lot of his stuff too. So it's probably, I guess, somewhere in the middle. Um, I think you also put Wheelers in there, and he's probably, I think. He's probably around the twenties, maybe a little higher. Uh, but Yagamchuk for me is a guy that the wild, like that would be a really nice target for. Like I kind of feel like twelve is that's like just a little too rich for me for him that player. But same time, like they went heavy on center last year. They've got tons of scoring in that pipeline. They've got a ton of left shot defensemen in their pool already. And Yakimchuk has always shown that like legit upside. He's fucking huge. He's a six foot three, 200 and whatever pound fucking mean right shot demon. Um, he's been really good in the WHL this year. He's flashed. I think Pronman used game breaking. I've seen it uh, every once in a while. I think that's something that if you really like that profile of player, if he does it one time, like there it is, that's what he is. Somewhere in the middle. He's got the ability. I don't think, I don't necessarily believe that something that's going to be in his game a whole lot, the NHL level, but like it, like for me, as long as he moderately hits, that's easy. Like floor is being a number four D man. Like he's got some potential top pair, I don't necessarily see him as a number one, but I think a player that Wild would love is a player like Carter Yakubchuk just because he does have that two-way ability. He's fucking mean, right-shot defenseman, so that's one guy that specifically... I think we said this last time we talked about the draft. Like, Yakubchuk's one that's very interesting to me. Um, but again, I think 12 is probably a little rich. Apparently, Problem doesn't agree. Um, but that's all right. But I do like him. And Mateo chimes in. I know they are both legal midgets for a defenseman, but if Brackett's running the table, I'd prefer Boyum or Parak on defense. Z. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, for me, Z Boyum's one of my favorites in this draft. All name team, first of all, first team, all name team. Um, the shit he's doing at Denver is legitimately unbelievable. Like he's over. I mean. He might be just under a point per game at this point, but he's right on a point per game as a 17-year-old freshman. Um, he is more than capable as, like, just defensively, but even just stuff like, like, we've talked in the past about Kyle Masters making four checkers look stupid. Zeev Booyam has made some of the best forwards in college hockey look silly, just just by retrieving pucks and just leaving guys dust, like tripping over themselves. He evades pressure unbelievably well. He's just, he's just one of my favorites in the draft. Zane Parekh plays basically forward um, as a, another right shot David again, like as a rookie, of the OHL scored like 22 goals for the blue line. Um, he's on that very fun Saginaw team. And he's at this point, I think he's got like two, three, four points in his last probably 10 games since they loaded up. Um, he was really good at the Hlinka. He's been really good pretty much everywhere this year. A lot of people have him top 10. Um, 
the defense is going to be a big question mark. I think he's taken a step forward this year with a lot more focus on it. And at the very least in motion, like against the rush, he's, he's showed ability to like stop at the neutral zone. But again, it's just like so many of these like high octane offensive defensemen. It's just like the end zone when like any sustained offensive pressure, like, that's where like the glaring weaknesses where they're just pulled out of position left and right. You might get beetle on the wall, but he is like very fun. So that would be a fun pick for sure. Um, plus we've already got Brock Faber as defensive D band who can also flash off it. So we don't need any defensively yeah. capable guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Perex fucking awesome. I, that's what I am fascinated. Cause even the guys, like even some of like those scouting outlets who like, Oh look, they're like twenty of their top twenty-five guys are like six foot five right shot defensemen who just like have seven total points in their fucking lives. Even they've got Perec like top twelve. But it's like there, that's the best because he is that good. He is that fun to watch too. Okay, fair. Now for the people that are not, uh, well, not thrilled with our boy Judd and uh, how the draft was handled this past year. Those people should be uh, fired to the sun. Hey, we need a solid centerman, which is still a fact. Like, we do need centermen. Who do you see, again, in that range, realistically? Like, what centers would you be targeting around that 8 to 10 spot? So this is where, like, again, because these ranks all over the place, like, we've seen Lindstrom down there, and if Caden Lindstrom is available, if you're picking, like, 12, if he's sitting there, you take that player and you run and just make sure it's like, are we actually got him at 12? Okay, great. That's perfect. Um, he is like the perfect player for the, like that's, that what's, mold of center is exactly what they want. What's the punishment. If you go and try and draft a player that's already been taken. They're like, you've never actually had this happen before. You guys go fight in the parking lot. Whoever wins gets the player. Um, that was, I don't know. Here on stage, whichever team takes it down oh first, boom. I'd, I'd pay to yeah. watch that. We would love that because the Wild would win, uh, probably very easily. Uh, yeah, that seems reasonable. Billy would take 25 of the 30 beers uh, himself. Um, but in terms of setters, again, if Lindstrom is sitting there and you're picking 12, it, it, I don't know how you don't take that player. Um, I'm trying to think the other centers that are going to be right around there should be. Right. I love a <laughs> uh, fuck off, Sean Cosgo center because <laughs> we're getting Brock Nelson in a year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it'll make people, it'll make people lose their minds. But I mean, if Constantinus is sitting there, I love Constantinus. Yeah. Um, because he already plays such an NHL like style, and he actually shout out to uh, Constellanius. I believe this today he got his first pro hat trick in Liga oh. for uh, Ukraine. He's like right. Or, it's crazy because like whatever people talk about him, they're like, oh, not exactly the most skilled player, but plays an unbelievably effective two way game. Like his mold is that of a two way NHL center already. The knocks are like how much skill is really in there. Like he's definitely not like a game breaker, but again, unbelievably high floor. The question's the ceiling. I think he's still got a pretty fucking high ceiling. Cause I thought even though the points didn't jump off the page, the world junior, I thought he was excellent. Like he was 
good throughout the tournament. And then when Finland actually decided that they remembered how to play hockey again, he was one of their better players. Um, and it, he's been playing second line center in Liga all year long. Incredibly well. He's almost a point per game over there. So I love Constellanius. Again, the knocks are just like, all right, what's the actual ceiling? And then the fact that he's five foot ten and a half. Okay, um, but additional benefit. Again, we have all name team consideration. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not missing out, that's for sure. Yeah. No. Um, but I, I do, I love I love Heladius. So I that'd be another one I'm very interested in. And then hey, depends on how people feel about. Is Tij Aginla, all name team, great bloodline, uh, how they feel about him as a center? Again, it's a question mark whether he's a center or a winger, but I mean, at this point, he's put himself in top 15 consideration. Um, by the end of the year, he could be a top 10 guy. He's right. I think he's, um, I think the fucking, what's it called? Hockey Canada has his height. Five eleven and three quarters. Where it's like you sons of bitches, you could have just helped the kid out for like one minute. That's me. That's me. Five eleven three quarters for life. Oh, okay. Five foot three. Thanks. All right. Cool. Yeah. 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 All right. Perfect. Yeah. Um. I dude. He's like got a lie on the driver's license, of course. But. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Dude, I mean, he is fucking unbelievable, and he just like has not slowed down at all. Like. One of the best players in the WHL. He is fairly young for this draft class. He's like the ceiling is insane. His thing is like he he plays like cocaine hockey. Like he just doesn't stop. Like all he does every time he gets the puck is like, all right, let's make every <laughs> single player on the ice look like an idiot. And he does it effectively and scores tons of goals. He makes tons of plays. So it's just like, all right. What does this look like at the NHL level? Which is, I guess, really the name of the game for just pro- like scouting in general. But um, if he if he ends up as a center, I would be all over because you want to talk about game breaking ability and skill. Oh, he's got it in spades. And I think when you look at the centers, like the Minnesota Wild. Thank you, Judd. Whether people are mad about it or not. They have a lot of centers in their prospect pool now, and they've got a lot of really good centers in their in their pool at this point, in the pipeline. How many of them are actual game breakers? It depends on how many yeah. of them are actually centers, to be honest with you, at the NHL level. Like, I think at this point, Riley Height, probably a winger. Yeah, and an, a fucking so. unbelievable, an unbelievable one. Marco Rossi, you just have a stud. Is he going to be over a point per game, like, game breaker at the NHL up like when he is fully I mean at this point he is fully established he's been fucking awesome this year maybe not but you want to have him on the ice pretty much in every situation maybe he's not the one like breaking games open but he makes plays pretty much his projection is that he is a player that just makes the right play all the time Kumpalainen 50-50 whether he's a center wing Stramo he's like gonna be probably your middle six bottom six effective two-way centerman so if Which, you like, can target a kid like either let's be right, real that's like, the thing that's the, I'm not, that's I'm not what saying i'm picking that over connor bedard right mm-hmm. i'm just saying that getting a charlie stramel is definitely a good thing and i know you know alex micheletti you're listening to this you're gonna continue to spout the propaganda of gabe perot until you're blue in the face that's fine <laughs> like again let's see what he does once he goes pro like we still don't know what he's going to be. It's just 
I, I can understand why the optics aren't awesome right now. And it does feel better though. I completely forgot the wild weren't the only team that passed on him there. The, yeah, that, yeah, Philly yeah. didn't take him. Apparently Philly didn't take him either. <laughs> they took Oliver Bonk, which I mean, we can debate what's, what pick was better there when Philly takes Oliver Bonk, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, great name. They also got Mitchkov at seven. So I mean, who cares? It's a wash. Yeah, they could have. They could have. They could have taken me where they took him ahead of probably like I don't give. A, yeah, great pick. Got Mitchkov. You took. You took a fucking twenty-eight year old at. Uh, yeah, right they also. Thoreau. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they also lost Cutter Goche and Carter Hart. Yeah, hopefully fucking ladder forever. Fuck him. Uh, um, no, never should play again, but that's yep. not our Fuck choice. Yep. yep. Um, oh, but, uh, oh, yeah. but you're right. Though, like, that's the thing that's actually driven me the most crazy. Like, I knew it was going to be just terrible in terms of just the commentary around the stream. Like, it's going to be there forever, even when he's in the NHL. Like, it's just people are going like they can't help themselves. The thing that's really annoying is like it doesn't even because he's going to be like he projects as a very reliable, a player that you like a very reliable two way setter that does a lot of the things that people bitch about at this point now, which is just like oh they don't play hard, they're not tough, they're not physical, blah blah. Guess what? Charlie Strayle like lives to hurt, like just decapitate people. <laughs> he's just a fucking murderer sometimes. Which again, hey, shout out him this year. The points aren't there. He is not taking major penalties every other game. And like putting guys through the class from behind. Um, he is hitting everything that moves, but he's not like taking stupid penalties. And he's been one of their best PK guys this year on one of the best teams in the country. Like he's still been effective when he's not producing points, which is another 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 very valuable thing. Last weekend. Yeah, no, we don't have to talk about last week. That's fine. You don't have to. Um it's all right. He could take one off, it's fine. Um but that's the thing that drives me crazy about the Strayle thing. It's not just the, oh, Perot is there. And like, yeah, Perot looks fucking awesome right now. He, and he's been one of the better players in college hockey this year. And he's putting up crazy amounts of points. It's also, again, very funny. I like, this has nothing to do with any criticism. It's just so funny to me that that line will be together forever. <laughs> it's okay. crazy. Hang on, that, there's, there's a good point, though. If you are any of those teams that have those well okay you probably got to be san jose to make it work do you just go out of your way to sell everything to bring that line in together and just ride that <laughs> like you're gonna sell yeah. tickets and get views off of that alone and it's gonna be a fun time oh at, you you go full brian berg vancouver canucks for a city <laughs> um and because it's 2024 you make sure that you have a a team of media people filming this entire season like all right how do we make this work we need the behind the scenes footage of how the scouting department makes this work the trades that they've got like cooking up like we need to have it's got to be a mass hall doing it too though mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just full boston accent you think it better than Listen. me all right what all right chuck what do you think ah well fuck it. I just, you just gotta fucking make it happen kid you know what i mean <laughs> just tell you just put your fucking nuts on the table make it fucking happen bud like <laughs> that's a good point didn't think about that thanks chuck all right Back to yeah, you. There's a, there's, there's a pack of new ports out there. You could go just go get a black coffee and a pack of new ports and just hang out. Thank you for uh, contributing to the meeting. Um, I do need them to figure that out. That would be so funny. Please, that'd be so fun. <laughs> like, I also they're, they're just they're together. Leonard on Washington. I can't. I know. I know. Like, and when Mirosh Nishanko's 
like full Marashashenko, he is fucking mean. And he does do the Ovechkin where he's like, yeah, he might score 50 and he will kill you. Like he is going, like he is built like a refrigerator. Like he is just going to run you over and then score 50 times. Like he fucking rules. Um, by the way, did you see Ryan Leonard's assist versus BU? Oh, yes. Well, like, it was the know, most Ryan Leonard assist of all time. Yes, but I, I also gotta like call that one out for a second because that's one of the ones where like Micheletti is like, oh, wild fans are gonna be haunted by this. I'm like, what he stood wide open back door for a tap in. Like, did you <laughs> think that Gabe Perot was Ryan Leonard on this play? Like, what is what is happening here? I'm sorry, Micheletti. I, I love you, but but the, the Gabe Perot propaganda needs to fucking stop, dude. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> It's going to be a funny group chat later. Um, <laughs> but no, that assist, I was crying laughing at that assist, though, because yeah. like, he runs someone through the board. Just then he wins. Bull rushes in a circle and just whips it. <laughs> that was the funniest part was like, wins the puck on the four check, goes backwards. And like, no, nah, I think I'll also dice these two other dudes and then just serve up a perfect backdoor fucking backhand apple to throw. It's like, that was the most Ryan Leonard play that we will ever see like that is just what he does except usually he's scoring the goal too uh like i I literally picture like a bucking bull just like running in circles and that's just him in the corner and then just oh get the buck front done everyone was just mesmerized like oh he's killing it oh wait a minute oh god he does have the buck oh and he's okay he just diced everyone how did he do both of those things um (laughs) he's fucking awesome he's so fun dude he is i there were after that game ended like immediately after like a bunch of VU guys were like chirping him. And I was like, Oh, I wouldn't like, if you think he gives it like, he'll eat, he'll eat a 10 gamer. He will kill you right now. He will jump over this ref and murder you. <laughs> One guy on BC that I'd like, let him sleep a little bit. <laughs> Pretend like he's not here. Ryan Leonard is like candidate. Number one, just let him sleep. You know, let him sleep. Um, shake his that head. Is- Great game friend. This is a great 2024 great. draft show. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> oh, God. Um, but we From Cosgrove. Bobby, Iserman, look at that bitch eating crackers <laughs> sitting in his chair. I hate him so much. Yeah. I was dying at <laughs> that one. That's a great one. Also, I mean, I, I can fully admit it. Like, it's going to age poorly, but still, I will sign up for Iserman to Chicago if it means that they're definitely not getting Celebrini, and this will probably just come back to haunt me here. Super stupid, stupid triple IPA. But uh, yes, uh, I'm I'm just gonna stand by it now. I just have to go all in on the bet. Like those people yeah. that say that Macklin Celebrini is gonna be a huge bust. I'm yeah, Eisenman's not gonna be good. Whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I, I'd actually like to open this up to you and anyone watching. Ooh. If you were to have, if you were to be able to make Judd. Pick someone at a what position? Like what play? Like what position would you target if you were actually targeting position the draft? Like, well, where do not, you look at? Because I have a sneaky one that I don't think they should do in the first round. But I'm gonna cheat because I already kind of thought this, but you saying it earlier in this show has confirmed it. Wild fans are gonna throw shit, be pissed. That's fine. Direct all your anger at me. Direct the hate here. I got some makers mark. I can get through it. Um, I, I want him to trade back. I want him to trade back. Yep. 
Yep. I want Judd to have two first round picks. I don't care where in the first round. I think he's going to knock him out of the park. And if you end up somewhere between eight and 10, unless like the guy that Judd is drooling over falls to him there, trade, trade back. I, and I mean, at this point, I think I've probably said this last three drafts. So take it with a grain of salt. This is a draft with, I mean, we are mid season. So, you know, everything could happen from now until draft time, obviously, but yeah. Um, because of the nature of this draft, where you've got some guys, depending on the scout, there are certain players who I would say I would have him around 20, 25. They're like, I have him at seven. Well, totally. Just, they're just, all over the place. So my, my dream, based on what we've talked about, both for all name team consideration as well, but also just the scale, trade back and end up with Michael Bransag Nigord. And Aaron, Kivy, how are you? Tell tell me that if you come out of the first round with those two players, you're going to find a way to fucking complain. Because I'm not. Nope, and that's a very I, realistic nope. outcome based on where things stand today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in on that. Or was, was the answer you were looking for because you were like, I'm going to go off the beaten path, like get goalie? Yeah, yeah. but not, not in the first round. Wallstead's trash because, you know, he put him <laughs> in a super cushy position against Dallas and he blew it. Like that was his <laughs> game to lose and he lost it. Fuck. Yeah. So it's over. Um, you know, I guess I'll have to just eat crow. You know, I've been hyping him up as a, but uh, by the way, another all-star game, another all-star weekend for Jesper Wallstead, who at this point every year he's been in the AHL has been in AHL all-star. One of the best goalies. Shout out. Let's, let's keep him down there and break records, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. hey, we got some hope here from Cole boys. Just got to say, went on tankathon and press shuffle once and the wild got Celebrini. And Every that, once in a while when I'm sad, I'm like, let's just go have- in there. They probably got second overall, though, and it was just like a dipshit GM that got cute and went with uh, Salayev first overall. Oh, which which God. GM would be most likely to do that? That's I was just thinking, I was just doing the same question. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk. I love that guy. I can't talk shit about him. He's the best. I love him. Um, I do. Which which GM at this point? I feel like so many of those GM. Like I mean, I would have had Chucky. Uh, <laughs> I would have had him as a main culprit. Uh, if, if Chuck was still there, yeah. Oh, you know who's gonna look great next to Rasmus Ristolainen? Anton Salayev. <laughs> I I really am so intrigued by. Obviously, like where he ends up going, but just the commentary around this player at this point, because again, every time we've talked about him, I've said the same thing. Like he's not doing anything differently that he's done forever. It's just like working, and it's just it's crazy because I mean he's on a top pair on one of the best teams in the KHL. He's getting top power play minutes. He already like eviscerated the defensive and scoring record for like draft eligible players in the KHL like and there's so like one of my favorite follows for uh draft Lassie Allen 
he's like he's actually like regressing in terms of how he like what he's actually doing like <laughs> so it's crazy now and now, he's definitely gonna go very high in this draft and i get it because the tools are just undeniable like you just don't find a six foot seven monster who moves the way that he moves who yeah. produces points the way that he produces points and it's funny because like if you talk to some scouts they'd be like the hockey sense and hockey iq is not great and then you'll talk to scout was like he's got some of the best hockey iq in this draft but it's like which one is it being six foot nine is the best hockey IQ out there. If you didn't know, very um, smart decision I, on his part. I, the wild will never get him. So like, it's, it's kind of a moot point, but I gotta sit here and wonder if the wild drafted Anton Salayev. I want to know how many minutes it would take before he got sent down to the MHL. <laughs> Just buried <There's> there. A- <laughs> They would be pissed. They'd be pissed. Billy got another one. He's got another one. Fuck Send them guy. down. They're done. I don't <laughs> care. Season, season three more years. Done. We're the KHL lottery now. We don't <laughs> care. Um, I, I am. I am just so fascinated by and so I am like I. He's closer to. He's a fifteen to twenty twenty five guy for me because he just scares me like i i do think if he is like he's a prime player that you draft really high and just either get that gets you fired later or like you look like the smartest human being at this point actually because every because it's just not like a a quiet thing anymore like it's he's very much very prominent in the scouting world at this point like everyone knows who he is um, I guess you can't really look smart for taking him high because so many people think it's a no-brainer. Um, it but, is, it but is at just a certain point, does it become the safe pick? Because if it fails, it's like, yo, everyone had him going this high. What was that? Yeah, exactly. To yeah, true. Um, God, it, it just scared. It would scare. I would be <laughs> as if you were announcing that pick. You're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Please work. Please work. Yeah. Oh, you look like if it doesn't work, you do. I mean, I think you look like a fucking idiot. But it's going to be fascinating, or it won't be because everyone knows he's going to go super high. I guess it's actually not going to be that fascinating. But, um, yeah, I mean, but yeah. but back to what we were saying before, though, I like, I wonder if they do, like, I wonder if Judd and Co. take a look at a goaltender in the second, third round because you do have Wallstedt, who is the best goalie prospect. Uh, on the planet. Well, was, was until like a month ago. Mm. That's a good point. Um, but after that, there's you don't have any goalies in your system that would project to become an NHL regular. Like Hunter Jones has been up and down. Like he's we've seen really good stretches from him, and then the last <clears throat> little bit has not gone well for him. What about uh, that kid, Mark? Okay. Mark Andre, I think is his name. Yeah, he's a prospect. Um, Dude, he can play for another ten years if he wants. That's a good point. Never mind. Yeah, I sc- scratch what I said. Uh, but I really, really I do, no. But seriously, seriously, I do wonder if they take a look at that this this uh, this draft because there's. I wouldn't 
probably project many of the goaltenders as first round <laughs> caliber guys, just given the nature of like this class in general. But there are plenty that project to be pretty solid and like a decent Whoa. decent player to take like a second, third rounder. Here's here's my question. Do you think Wallstead is like legit no shit NHLer next year playing at least like 30, 35 games? Yeah, I think he at this point, I, I would okay. say so, yeah. So eventually you do have to start yeah. thinking about it. So I do yeah, want I just else is probably gone. So I do so I think this might be a year just with because there are a bunch that maybe they're not upper echelon guys, but like Well, because tell you what, I get plenty of things wrong. Plenty. But I was very, very, very right on Charlie Lindgren. And mm -hmm. god damn do I wish that he could end up on one of the teams I care about instead of yeah. fucking Washington where he's being wasted with a 70-year-old Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crazy. Um, um, we got one up. here. Uh, we got to talk about your draft grandson, um, which I know we've brought up several times, but per Mateo, how about Adam Juracek as a late first, early second in the year back scenario? What? I don't know what that means. What's your back scenario? Oh, trade back. Yeah, sure. I, my bad for reading I, year is not being trade. Yeah. So I said I was going to be very fascinated. And then I was like, eh, it's actually not going to be interesting to see where Salive goes because we all know where he is. Year of Sec is one that actually will be because he is probably out for most of, if not the remainder of the season. I believe last time I checked. Um, coming into the year, top 10 guy had a. Okay, not great, not horrible start that he gets hurt. Um, I don't see him slipping past like 20. So, um, but given where the wild most likely will end up, another very intriguing player to take there. Like, again, he's a, he's a big, mean, right shot defenseman who's got tons of offensive ability, he skates really well. We'll see what the injury does to the skating, but. Um, I think he'll be fine. Um, I just say that he doesn't land in Columbus. He doesn't deserve that. His brother, I mean, they know, they know. All right, so we can't, like, his brother hates it here. We can't possibly fucking take me. Or, or they will, God, they'll galaxy break themselves. Well, if we get his brother, maybe David won't want to leave anymore, you know? Um, we'll see. If, but if they're, Adam both, second, if, if they're both in the press box together, they'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. Just hanging out. Um, yeah, Adam Yersak's another one in that mold of, like, in terms of prospects in the back end for Minnesota, he's kind of a different profile of player still with some of the other traits that, like, Judd's been tracking just in terms of, like, transition play, like, mobility. And, again, defensively, he's great. And he's fucking mean and he's big. So it is a different kind of profile player. So that's another one that I would love if he landed in Minnesota. It'd be a great, great pick because he shouldn't be falling a whole lot farther than like he was projected to go like this past summer. But the injury is definitely going to play a role just because he's not going to play a whole lot of hockey recently. So um, I would love it if he ended up in Minnesota. That'd be a great pick. Be fun. Um, a lot of fun. Even if they, even if they just, <laughs> Even they do a thing that we both know they're going to do, which is like, oh no, we're still pushing the playoffs. Have a great like two months and then miss by two or three points. Like, yeah, so. that's 
what everyone expects. So um, I do have two guys that I want to ask about because we haven't really talked about them on here. Actually, three, mostly because I'm eyeing them up as all name team consideration and guys that, again, we haven't really talked about as far as I can recall. Um, let's start with Igor Chernyshev. Mm, really like him. Um, he was a guy, I think coming into the year, probably was thought of as like a top 10 player. Um, I think he should be playing probably in the KHL at this point. Again, really, really good two-way ability. Like another guy, tons of foundational tools there. And he flashes certain games. He will flash like dynamic playmaking skill. Um, and it just, again, reliable two-way game. Um, I think it's been more of a consistency thing with him this year and really like a lot of opportunity where it's just like he's pretty much been kept in the MHL, the Russian Junior League. Um, but in terms of how smart he is, he's kind of like a lesser version of Constantinus for me, probably with more skill though, because he does flash that game-breaking ability at times. It's just not as consistent. So I do love Shertoshov. And that was another... So before we were talking about like very funny scenarios, but like awesome for Minnesota to end up in, it's just like mm -hmm. ending up with all the Russians where, hey, if they tank... Is there a league in the MHL? Like where where can we send where can, <laughs> can we send yeah. They're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, god damn it, not again. Um, I oh. love Sherdashov though, because and he's another one. His projection's kind of all over the place. I think everyone is in agreement that he's definitely firmly a first round player. I would put him closer to the 15, 10 to 15 range for me personally. A lot of Others will have him closer to 20. A lot of other guys will have him closer to like 25. But like, I don't think anyone's going to have him outside of that first round. Again, the knock is I think he's like five foot 10, five foot 11. So, oh, yeah, basically five foot five. Um, but for me, it's just more of a consistent consistency thing because I know that he has the ability to take over games. It's just sometimes he just doesn't do it. But another player that even when he's not, flashing that playmate or like that dynamic break game breaking ability. Like he is a very, very effective, reliable two way setter. So um that's the other thing. Is he a setter? Is he really hey, not center, center? Center. Can play center. Is he going to the NHL? Who knows? But that's another guy. I would love I love Shertoshov. Um so another guy I'd be very interested in him. Especially if like a trade back scenario too. Um another yeah. candidate there for sure. All right, next guy that, again, projected in the first, all-name consideration, haven't really talked about him, Beckett Seneke. Yeah. What a great all-name team name. Like, I, I love that. Yeah, I, another really, really interesting player. He's probably a guy that I think teams wonder about. First round, I think he's a first rounder. Um, so wonder about. I I've seen him projected like twenty eight, then the like thirty five. Like he's in that like is he is he, he like in terms of the again, it's just like every fucking player in this draft. He's six foot two. He skates well. He's smart and he's fucking mean and he's got some crazy offensive ability too. Him and Kumpalainen are very fun to watch play together. By the way, um, 
he's probably a winger in the NHL. Um, and I think there are games where he kind of gets away from like the playmaking, the offense and the actual hockey part. Sometimes it's carried away with it, just like burying people. Um, so I think he should be looked at very fondly by NHL teams. It's again, another consistency question. And then like, all right, what is he at the NHL level? But I, he's another really intriguing one for sure. I would probably say he should be a first round caliber player. I think he will be at the end of the day, but, um, very, very interesting player. I lo- like, cause he's got some games where he does just decide to take over and he's got that in his bag. And he's a big kid again. Like anytime you've got a six foot two fucking mean player who's just like showing the ability to take over games immediately, you're like, oh, okay, let's see him do that more often. Then he'll have a game where he he might just disappear for a little bit. Um, but if you can rein him in, like you've got a top six fucking mean, mean offensive winger, probably. Um, so I like Seneki a lot. Great name, like you said. Um, and for any Wild fans out there, you should watch Oshawa because a lot of times he's playing with Kumpalainen, and it's very fun to watch. So um, another very, very intriguing player. That's another one that I actually want to go back and watch closer just because it feels like there are a lot of people who, end up, who have just been sleeping on him a little bit because, like, this draft is just so weird. Like, there are certain players who have come out of nowhere and have, like, just skyrocketed into, like, top 15 projection. And I remember the start of the year, I think like Beck Beckett Seneca was probably closer to like 10. Um, sure. And then just given, given with like Oshawa's been up and down as a sounds, team in general. Sounds like Charlie Stramo. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, very different. Very different. Okay. <laughs> maybe not. But maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I, either way, I love Seneca. So another very intriguing one. I, I would not complain if he ended up in Minnesota. That's for sure. Okay. The last one, again, of this group, we can certainly talk about anyone else that comes up or anyone that you have top of mind, but uh, last one that has to be in the conversation for all name team. Tell me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. I'm going to try and get cute here. Sasha Boyver. This is one of the more intriguing. Yeah, 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 that's good. That's That was right. He, that like, I guess we could, Again, say this about every single fucking player's draft. He's been. <laughs> I've seen him top ten. I've seen him in the second round, like all over the place. Um, I would say in at least with our smart scouting group, he's pretty high. Um, there is definitely a question about all right, what is his actual ceiling? Um. He plays both center. He plays wing. Like I'm going to pull up his actual, I want to see like just how many different spots he's found himself. Yeah. Okay. I guess at this point looks like he's a consensus anywhere for anywhere from 15 to 30. So there you go. Um, but he's very good two way game. He flashes crazy offensive potential. Then he disappears for a few games. Um, He's going to North Dakota. He's currently on like a real nice hot streak for Muskegon. Muskegon's done really well. Also, just it's a very weird place for like pretty top end like draft prospects to end up. I always think it's very funny, like how many like fucking uh, Svechnikov. Like he was a fucking player for Muskegon. They tried to get Mirage to Shako. Uh, like so, like Muskegon just has this weird fucking 
like ability to just attract some of these players. But um, I like Boyvere a lot. I think he at the NHL level. I think it's gonna. I think he's a player that hits for sure. Um, he can play fast. He's got really good hands. He fucking hits everything that moves. Um, so another player is waiting for him to like consistently put it all together, which is you could basically, you could just run that 10 second description for 90% of the fucking players, I guess the first round this year. Um, but he's very, very intriguing. So I like, I like Sasha boy a lot. I would have him probably closer to the 15 than, than 30. So, um, okay. that's definitely like a lot, like a long-term high end project prospect to draft too. like whoever like as we've said the last couple of years like whoever minnesota ends up taking they don't need them to hit the nhl all that like they really don't need this to be a quick turnaround just in terms of like draft to like full-time nhl status so he's one that we could let him you know he's gonna play this year in the ushl he's gonna go to north dakota you don't need to pull him out after one year. They're not like trying to like get him into the system or get him into like AHL or NHL games all that quickly. Um, so I think when he does put it all together, he's going to be an awesome, awesome NHL player. I, I like him a lot. He's very fun. Um, you just, again, you're just waiting for him to really like consistently put everything together in his game. Cause like, there's just so much, there's so much in there. So um, I have a feeling just given his profile, he will go pretty high. Um, because again, that's just like another name that's been around forever. It's like, yeah, he's gonna, he should be a pretty highly drafted player, like drafted high. So, yeah, I like Boyver a lot. That'd be a real nice piece to um to pull in because he does flash that ability, and he is like, like we know, the, like that's a player that Bill Garrett loves too. Where it's like, oh, he fucking hits everything that moves, and uh, he also like can put up lots of points. Yeah, it's like me. I could do that. Oh, man. All right. We're going to go through a thought exercise here that I've been working on for a second. Um, so first, Cosgrove chimed in earlier. Outside of the top three, I don't think teams are trading a mid and a late first for like the eighth pick. I could be wrong, though. Um, now, Mateo chimes in and has a counter to my proposed trade back scenario. Trade back, scoop up Yurichek and Hemming. Call it a day. I'm looking right now at Tankathon. And again, Wild sit at six. I don't know that that's where they're going to finish, in fairness. But I see one team that is primed for that possible trade scenario with Philadelphia currently sitting at 18 and 26. First, do you think that some kind of trade there, I'm sure we give something else up as part of the deal for that trade back, maybe? One, are you in favor of trading back to 1826 if that's an option? If you're picking six, I probably keep that pick. No, if you're six, yes. But if you fall back to somewhere between like eight to 10, maybe 12, like in that range, are you. And 12 is probably. Too high up. So, yeah, 8 to 10. Are you open to making that deal, giving Judd two firsts in this like pretty balanced first-round draft? Yeah. Yeah, probably. You're God. entertaining it. You're entertaining it. That's, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm entertaining that's it. 
All right, that's enough that we'll continue on this thought experiment then. So okay. first, I have to ask between uh, Mateo again saying go Juracek and Hemming, whereas I'm saying go Kiviharu and uh Nigord, which of the two would you take if you had to take one of those two options? Uh, that's tough because I have my doubts about Hemming. Um, so that doesn't sound tough at all. But I love Yersek. On the flip side, I'm still trying to figure out Kivi Haru at this point because if this is a player before this year. He was a put, top 10 pick, no shit, before yeah. the injury. Yep. Injury's making me nervous. Oh, really? Okay. A little bit. Um, what was the injury? But I fucking love Bronzeg Nigord. It was, oh God, it was like, I think they labeled it lower body. So there you oh, go. Nice. It's like yeah. a, a lower body, lo long term lower body. Like it sucks. Like it's just, it's usually, you know, that's usually, um, uh, we in the industry call it bad. Um, Does that yeah. not strike you as the type of pick Judd makes if he's got two firsts? Go with a guy that's a no shit, like, top five, top 10 upside pick if things work out there, assuming that he doesn't see something that scares him away with health. Yeah. I mean, so I think I land on Bronzeg Nigord and Kivi Haru if that ends up being a possibility. Number okay. one, because Bronzeg Nigord is legitimately at this point, my favorite player in the draft and like fake speed, an actual target regardless of where, cause I mean, let's be honest. Minnesota not going to make the playoffs, even if they flirt with making the playoffs and then miss out by two or three points. Bronson Nigord sure. should be a player that has a chance okay. of being there still. Cosgrove, just got to say, the Bobby Mack list has him at 20. Yeah, And that's polling all of the scouts. So that's why I threw this in as being possible. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, the highest I've seen him is like 11 or 12. Um, and that's pretty impressive. That feels like Wheeler's got him at 13. Brownman's got him at 16. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so I think regardless of how the season ends up, like I think at the end of the day, when Minnesota is drafting Bronson, Nigor is actually going to be attainable. Um, and I just, I like Hemming is one of the players who has been awesome this year. And he's got like a crazy high potential ceiling. I really doubt he hits it because he's kind of got um, trying to, oh, who was it in the recent draft that was just like, this player is either going to make you look like the smartest guy of all time, or he's going to decide he's going to get the NHL and not give a shit about like being awesome. Oh, I, this was a player that was late draft like two years ago. Also driving, whatever. I'm not going to sit here for 10 minutes trying to remember who it is. Um, yeah. But like, he's either going to hit, or he will just like be an NHL journeyman. He'll put up 10, 15 every year, but like he sure. has been awesome this year. He was, he was good. Well, he was decent too good for Finland, the world juniors. He's like, since being promoted to TPS's first team um, in Liga, he has not gone back down. He's scoring goals. He's, I think he got another assist today. So he's like, putting up close to half a point per game, which is like really fucking good um, as a 17 year old playing pro in Finland. I just have, I really have my doubts about 
him like hitting in the NHL. Like I just don't see him being a guy that's going to put up. Like he has got, he's got 30 and 30 every year potential. I don't think he does it. So um, that's why I end up leaning Bronson Nigard, who probably could literally play in the NHL in a middle six, who's going to give you decent offensive production, play a really good two way game. Like in a year or two. You could he could probably play at a fourth line right now in the NHL. Like I fucking love this player. And by the way, since World Juniors, uh, I think he had points in five of his first six games back in the All Svenskin. The All Svenskin is a really fucking hard league to play in, especially on his team. Um, for like a young player, he's been fucking on. So he's getting the puck luck now, and he's just like at least a point per game since coming back from World Juniors. He's fucking awesome. So. Um, with that, with that scenario in mind, I probably lean on Bronsag Nigord and okay. uh, Kibi Haru, noting that it's very tough to walk away from like a potential sixteenth overall or whatever year sec, because like yeah. that's I think that would be fucking awesome too. So, I mean, plus you lure his brother over. It's perfect. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. Probably tough for you to pull up on the spot, but. Erase what both Mateo and I said. You get 18 and 26. Who are like the two guys that you're salivating over that you're like, I could realistically get them at 18 and 26 and totally make this worth trading back? Well, again, Ron said is probably going to be sitting there. I still think sure. he will be. Give me, give me someone new. Give me someone new. God damn it. I can't include him. Well, you, we, we all know that you're taking him. <laughs> Who else? Yeah, okay, Give us fine. New names. Fair. Give us new names for discussion. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I can't believe he doesn't like Bronzek Nigord. What a bitch. Yeah, what an idiot. Um, <laughs> Ryder Ritchie's one. He's been. He's another kid. He's got decent size, great fucking wheels, high high ceiling. He's a young player for this draft, and like at the Holinka. This summer, he was fucking unbelievable for Canada. Um, he's one guy that I would be all over for sure because I do think he's going to go somewhere in that range. Between honestly, like, probably like between those two picks, um, and I think he's got insane upside. So I would probably take a run at Richie. Um, and I mean, if Liam Greentree is sitting there, I think he actually that probably is too. I don't think that'll happen. Um, One that you talked about way earlier in uh, the year. Oh, have your thoughts changed pretty dramatically on Tanner? How like, is that a guy that you're giving? I was just, (laughs) I was cause he's still just like playing great at the WHL. He's, one of the oldest players, and I think he just missed out on last year's draft by a couple days. So, believe it or not, that's actually worth taking into consideration. Um, I think there might be some other guys with potentially higher ceilings still sitting there. Um, but I do like him a lot. He's, um, I guess he. Why do you him. like him a lot? Well, like, so the big question was like, all right, what's he going to look like when Bedard's no longer in Regina? Um, and he's, pr- he's like, I will good. still be, I will still be um, over a point per game, kind of just doing the same shit on a really fucking bad Regina team. Um, 
again, extremely productive. I don't know if he's necessarily done anything that's like jumping off the page this year, but like, again, just what he's doing is just downright, downright impressive. Um, I still just think you could probably end up with a player with a higher ceiling just cause like he feels like, like it's not like top end skill. It's kind of just like he just has the ability, I guess, to produce, which is why he will, he at least should end up going in the first round. So, um, I do like his off puck game. Like he is fucking aggressive. He's like, he's definitely not like just a guy that plays in the offensive zone. So he's intriguing. I just, I do have questions about that ceiling. So I guess that's why, um, maybe I would not, but I don't know. He, again, like that's one that I think he'll probably end up tail into the first round, like 23 through 32. Um, he definitely should be going in the first round. I just, I just do question just like how high is his ceiling? So, um, it'll be, ah, God, that's, it's in, I could see if they're like, if they do pick up like a a second first round pick and it's at the end of the first round, they don't take him. And then like the team right after them does like, ah, God damn it. (laughs) That could be really good. That could end up making that GM look really fucking smart. Um, yeah, it, it, he is tough because it's just like, yeah, he's just doing the same thing he did that when Bedard was playing with him. And he did honestly play away from Bedard more often than he gets credit for. He he now, definitely is a player that's kind of just like not got the recognition that he probably should be getting. So it's he's he is he's very interesting. Z, um, nightmare fuel, nightmare fuel. Chicago picks, uh, let's just say they don't get Celebrini, okay? They finish somewhere in the top five, and they take Cole Eisman, like I've ordained it. Then they pick right around 21, getting Tampa Bay's pick, and they take Tanner Howe. I'm like, I, I just like, uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I think if that scenario happens, he ends up being like an NHL all-star, like, for no doubt. Like, He's playing with Bedard forever. Like, there, there's no way around it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. It sucks, man. I de- you know what's going to happen is no matter where these kids end up getting taken, I'm going to be angry after this fucking first round. This I know I am. No matter what, something is going to happen. My God, motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, including scenarios I hadn't even thought of in my head. Or I'm like, coming oh, up with them for you. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. You're probably going to write them down. Um, now, I, I, I will ask, though, the one that falls directly at 26 on Bobby Max rankings. Another all name team consideration, Jet Luchenko. I have, I honestly haven't watched enough. Okay, move I on. I was surprised. I was no, surprised continue. to see him in the first round. To be honest. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that, let's okay. Let's pivot to that. Who is not in Bobby Mac's first round that offends you? I have to pull that list up again. Here we go. Pulling it up. There it is. Okay. Like who's missing? Who is problematic that they are not in the top 32? I got the list there for you on the outline. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Because I know there's some names. Um, the uh, 
I think it's more of maybe it's probably more of a th me sitting here saying, okay, you have this guy in the first round, but not my boy from Sweden, yeah. Alphonse Fry. Um, I actually am now pivoting to, I think Alphonse Fry is a tail end of the first round defenseman. Um, because again, we've, I've, we've said this before about this draft. There's, it's pretty likely that we won't see any Swedes taken. Um, I would have probably had him over some of these, like, I mean, honestly, Luchenko, um, Charlie er Ellick, who he's got at 28. That's going to be a very interesting one for sure. And I would probably take Alphonse Fry over Lucas Pedersen at 31. Lucas Pedersen, another Swede. He's wait, really? He's great. He's a Swede. Yeah. Believe it or not, Pedersen. Believe it or not, Swedish Swedish guy. Um, I think that one for me, like that's when it stands out just with some of the names he has at the tail end of the draft. So like probably starting at Parasac, I'd probably take Fry over any of them. I just love Fry's ability. He's another, like he is, and he's getting some SHL experience now too. Um, but he just projects as even if he ends up being a player that maybe you like doesn't jump off the page in terms of any one specific skill, any like flashy plays. He is a very good two-way defenseman. He's an unbelievably effective skater. He is a breakout machine. Um, so I, I actually, I've, I've kind of pivoted to like putting him at the tail end of the first round. Uh, I think he's going to end up being, if he does go round two, I think he's going to end up being quite the steal. So um Alphonse Fry, great name. Uh, that's one that sticks out more so just because of the names that are ahead. Um, sure. And Mateo's asked like seven times now, so we got to ask, well then, what about Michael Haig, I guess? BC guy. Um, he's awesome. I think he's in most first round. I, that actually, now I think about it, I didn't even think about the fact that he wasn't in Bobby Mack's first round. So that's definitely a snub. He's not, I'm, I'm not blind, right? He's not on this list. <laughs> he's no, like, he's not. He's not. Yeah, that's crazy. I think he should be. He should be right around like well, 20. I'll, I'll check the other two lists and see if he makes it on there. I guarantee you he's on. Uh, he's, 19, not. he's 19 for Pronman. So, the, yeah. And he is not. No, he's oh, 22 for Wheeler. 22, 22 for Wheeler. Yep. Yeah, that's actually kind of crazy. Um, I think before he committed, Jeez, he's got Gibby Haru at sixteen still. Fun. Yeah, he is there. Like, uh, um, I mean, Gibby Haru, he's he was that that dude until like, I mean, last year was an up and down year for him. But whatever, this isn't about him. Um, yeah, Haig is a like he's got a decent size center. He's two way ability. He like dual threat offensively. I think he probably would have been a a kid that would have been in the top. 10 discussion before he had shoulder surgery. Uh, I can't remember if it was like last year. Um, yeah, it was last year. But he, like, that the big thing with him is he, he's like six foot one, six two, he's right around 200 pounds. Plays that two way game with like high end offensive skill or like high, high end offensive ability. Um, and he is just like, he's a no shit. Like, he is a center in the NHL. Um, wherever he goes. So I think he should be a guy that should be taken closer. Like the right around 20 feels actually very realistic. So 
that's actually like, you know, that's kind of like another one that would be looking nice in the uh, Minnesota winter. I, I got a couple here that I know you're missing. Um, I definitely am. So there's two that I got to bring up just because of the region you cover. Um, first one was one Saline Willanius. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, is he a first? I, no, I don't think. I just I think the the thing with him is he's a he's definitely going to be an awesome NHL defenseman. There's not really one area of the game that makes him stick out more so than others. He's like, he's probably another he very, qu- he's just going to be like a really effective um, mobile defenseman in the NHL that you just like never hear about, but he plays like 15 years. Um, Cause he, like, he's great. It's just in terms of like a first rounder, I don't know if he has anything that like necessarily. I think he's probably a mid to early second round guy. Because um, okay. I mean, he, he, could, he under, could, he's he is under six feet tall, right? So we hate him. In, he's still in Pronman's top thirty-two. That's why I had yeah. asked. Yeah, and that's, that's what's so about him. <laughs> it's it's just it, he's like really interesting. Again, shocking. What am I going to say? He's like a lot of tools. <laughs> so, yeah. his ability. In terms of like the skating and another guy that's like breakouts, puck moving, he's awesome. It's just like nothing crazy, but he projects just to be like a solid defenseman in the NHL that kind of just like can give you a little bit of everything, but nothing like he's he's probably a four or five that if you're a fan of the team that he's on, like yeah, he's awesome. We love that guy. Yeah, um that's fair. So all right. The other one, do you know who it is? Is, is this Sweden still? Sweden that, is, still. I, you said this. Uh, then I have one more beyond Sweden, but yes. Well, my favorite guy that I don't know why he's not in more first round talk is Seaman Zether. That's not who it is, but go on. I love this kid, dude. He's a, He's been a point per game player in the J20 on Rogala for like two years. Uh, he's a six foot three right shot centerman. Defense is definitely a work in progress, but not glaring. Like he actually, I think he has like six shorthanded goals this year. He's playing in the SHL now. Like he's graduated from the J20 into the SHL very quietly. I think he's got a couple goals, a couple of assists, which like if you look at a lot of the top end Swedish kids that get drafted the first round, like they'll have t- like, Fabian Liesel for the Brewers, they took him. It's whatever they did. 21, 22, 23. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, he played like 28 games with Lulea in the SHL. He had one point because that it's just very hard to play in that league as a 17-year-old. As a and Seaman Zether is kind of just like fitting it, playing like 13, 14 minutes at center. So I think he... The big question is just like, can he at least continue to improve his defensive play to where he can get by as a younger player? But like the skating is kind of a question mark, but like he is a dynamic playmaker and he's a like dual threat. He's got a great shot. Like all he does is like produce. And when he's playing the J20, like even as a 16 year old, no one could do anything against him. 
Um, and again, like if you can get a six foot two, six foot three right shot center with high end offensive ability that at this point now has been able to play pro hockey in one of the better leagues in the world. I would like to see him get some praise as a potential first round guy at the very least. Yeah. Very top of the second round. I love this kid. I, if you end up with that guy at top end of the second round, I am thrilled because I think there's a, I think he's got a like very high ceiling. Um, cause I, I really like this player. There are a couple other Swedes. There, a uh, the lot of the Swedes, Swedes are now flirting with like, hey, we could touch the first round, but hey, we got top okay. of the second round. Pronman has him at twenty eight. Wheeler has him at forty two. Who do you think it is? Don't look at the list. Wait, who has him where? Pronman twenty eight. Wheeler forty two. Dominic Badinka. That's the one. Is it? Yeah. Let's fucking go. He's another. He came on to the season strong. I, we talked about him before because he's got a brother, yeah. Daniel, who plays center. Yeah, that's the only Same reason team. I remember is because he's the brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he's awesome. That so that's another Swede that will be interesting to track as the year goes on because he's another one that like has been phenomenal this whole year. Um, he's now playing with Malmo uh, in the SHL. They're not in the offense anymore. Yeah, they're in the SHL. Um, yeah, because they no no they beat Prinas to avoid relegation. That's what it was. Um, but and but he's played like 16, 17 minutes a night in the SHL and phenomenal skater, big, and he flashes crazy crazy offensive ability. So very very intriguing right shot guy. I think by the end of the year he has a pretty good chance of cracking. The first round, just with again that profile of like big right shot, <laughs> mobile defenseman. Um, I think check, check, he's check, a uh, he's a hidden gem for sure. I like Badinka a lot, um, so I do think he kind of is one of those kids from Sweden who winds up like right around thirty, um, unless he just continues to do his thing. Like he could end up in the twenties for sure because. He's got legit ceiling. So love him. Great player. Very fun to watch. All right, he's the one that like when he's playing U20, he is a, he's a problem. Like when yeah. he, it's funny, like he'll do the McKinnon where he gets the puck behind the net at speed. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Here we fucking go again. This sucks. He, like <laughs> sometimes he just like doesn't feel like making a move around. He was like, I'm going to go through you. And you're like, yes, you are. God damn it. That sucks for me, doesn't it? And then he just kills guys. So it's awesome. Get off the train tracks, bud. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I got one more draft prospect. And then we have one uh, final wild prospect question. Uh, but this one's fascinating to me, both because we've uh, seen the history of how a sibling has elevated. And the fact that Corey Pronman has a midget ranked at 20 in his <laughs> ranking, which Corey Pronman does not do. In your backyard, Z, we got to talk about Cole Hudson. Where the hell is this guy going to get drafted and why should he be drafted sooner? I have absolutely no idea where Cole Hudson ends up. (laughs) Another guy I want to say coming into the year when we were like starting to talk about the draft this summer. We're like, should be top 12. It just has not. Not on Bobby's list. (laughs) 
No, he's not. Doesn't exist. Um, 41 for Bob McKenzie. Yeah. It's just not been... It's been a very up and down season for him. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's a very weird um, development program team where you've got like <laughs> Iserman just eviscerating it, the whole league, and just not doing anything other than scoring goals. So they're winning games and like beating college teams. But in terms of like a well rounded, Deep, not that great of like compared to years past. Um, and he's had a lot of showings where it's just not that like you're like, oh, that's not going that that's not going to work at the NHL. But he does have so many of Lane's traits where skating above average, hockey sense, yep, above average, compete level above average like again doesn't put it together all the time i think he's got not as much skill as lane did or does so yeah at but that point it's like also, that's a high bar to clear no pun but that's a that's a mass but that's a massive part of lane hudson's game totally, right? totally. so it's like Okay, I have all of these tools that Lane has. But with the skill not being necessarily like in the same stratosphere. I mean Lane Hudson is just He's got like, him he's he got is. at least an inch or two on him. That's true. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Can't help it. You gotta you gotta think about that. You know um, you know he beats his older brother up regularly. Oh yeah, he does. well, that's the thing with him. It's just like, hey, we've got like some skill, not really in the same stratosphere as Lane Hudson, but just as good of a skater, higher compete, but less of like the natural ability. So I guess that's where it comes in. So that's what that's something that's oh my god, height. God damn it, Sean Cosgrove. Well played. <laughs> um God damn it. You know what's crazy is he's just like sitting on his couch playing fucking <laughs> online poker and he just rattles that one off. God damn you. He's on. Um he's on. <laughs> I kind of think it like if Lane Hudson didn't go first round, I don't think Cole. I have a feeling Cole won't either. Do you like, think I they just, overcorrect? That's like, that, really fucked that's up. The question, I guess. We right? should, uh, <laughs> fix this. Oh my god! All right, easy transition out. Uh, nationalized televised game from Chicago. Obviously, you started <laughs> was. 850 local time grammar's not important makes sense tnt yeah it fucking sucks um that is the bane of our existence it's gonna be super fun we're really excited um z hour later for you so god bless well as we discussed earlier it's not really gonna factor into my sleep schedule um because that's <laughs> about seven hours before yeah, i start apparently anyways, yeah it's um fine. i but when when am I going to bed? Um, I don't know. Eleven o'clock tomorrow, you know, probably right. a.m. during the workday. Um, totally. Yeah, I I was dying laughing because Russo tweeted out, "Anyone mad about the fucking eight fifty start time tomorrow?" Dude, that 
<laughs> that was the funniest way of saying it. I was like, hey, is anyone mad about it? <laughs> Immediately, 157 replies within two minutes. Yes, I am yeah. mad, Russo. How did you know? Oh, How, you you read my mind because I've been mad about it for 10 minutes. Playing eight tables. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Cosgrove. Oh, um, we, we got to end this shit. We got one last topic that I do think warrants uh, covering. Mateo asked pretty early in the stream. I've seen a lot of discourse about Lambos. Fans, fans seem to have given up on him a bit. Where is the objective concern? O meter needs hyphens. I, I would love, I would love. Um, well, no, I wouldn't love to sit down with the people who have um, been expressing. Oh, that sounds about awful. Yeah, no, that actually sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> here's the thing with Lambos is he is an, a player who his best traits are those like, highlight reel plays that we all see what he was doing in the WHL where he looks like fucking Kale McCarr patrolling the blue line. He's playing on the Iowa wild who have at zero point this year had a full healthy roster. Um, what I would say is I would love to see how many people are actually watching Iowa games that he's been playing in because he's still playing like 26, 27 minutes a night. And usually his partner has been someone like Simon Johansson, who probably doesn't think about defense at all. And that's a team that all they do is just give up scoring chances. I would say, would you like to see more offensive production? Sure. But this is the year that they've actually been deploying the youngest decor I've ever seen them use where like the other night, again, I said this last week, like they act like the oldest player was like Brendan Miller, who was like 25, maybe. Um, so they've been forced to use all of their like young players just with so many guys getting called up to Minnesota. It's not been a friendly environment for any defenseman, or goalies, which is just another very impressive thing that Wallstead was a fucking all-star, by the way. Um, I think it's crazy if you're going to like actually have a concern meter about <laughs> Cursed Lampos because it's his first year in the fucking AHL. He is 21 years old. Uh and he's been playing in a very tough environment and he's playing huge minutes. PK, power play, even strength. If they are leading in a game and it's late and they're up like 2-1 with two minutes left, he's probably on the ice for the entire two minutes. Like, he's probably their most used defenseman at this point. Him and O'Rourke, which that's another one that people were like shitting on at some point this year. I don't know why, because he looks... The last like year or two. <laughs> crazy it's insane because he was like he's been awesome too this year i get really angry when i know i know for us i know for a fact some people that jump on podcasts yeah. start shitting on a player like ryan o'rourke i'm like motherfucker i know you've never watched him before i right. know you don't know who that is um i would so anyways long story short i have zero concerns about lambos or o'rourke um nice and and just because we Brought up Iowa. Caden Bank here looks fucking awesome. Like, awesome. Like, he's scoring goals. 
and just looks like he's been playing pro hockey for a very long time. So that's definitely one to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if he got at the end of the year, if he got like a game or two, or like he's got like at the end of the year when they're doing like, all right, let's see what we got with the young guys. I wouldn't be shocked to see like a bank year call up. Um, Cause he's looked fucking really good. And he, and they actually shifted him to center. Like when he started the first few games, they had him at the wing just as an easy kind of transition from WHL. And he was hurt at the start of the year. Um, but now they've started using him at first and second line center. So shout out Caden Banker. Shout out. <clears throat> oh man. All right. I think we did it. I think we finally pushed the limit back to the approximate two hour recording. Yeah. I'm winded. Whoops. It was a big Whoops. workout. Yeah, the I'm breath, is suffering. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if we actually had to do that test. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn, I feel like I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it right now. And to think, I used to do this for two hours by myself. I was sweating halfway through that. I was like, Jesus Christ! Oh my god! This should be an you, Olympic you sport. You get a lot more arguments though, and it was just you. Yeah, which is weird. What a weird guy. What a weird fucking lunatic. <laughs> what a psychopath that guy was. But anyways, we can uh we can let the good people go. Uh Cosgrove go back full focus on eight tables. Um at a boy. Well in theory be back next week, or do we are we not gonna be back next week? I can't remember. Uh definitely won't be on Wednesday if it's a live recording. Uh, not right. definitely. Unlikely to be. If, if it is, we're most likely both in the doghouse and doing nothing about it. So there we go. If we're here live on Valentine's Day. Uh, hey, you never know. But uh, no, yeah, less likely. We'll, we'll keep y'all posted. <laughs> yeah, but probably. Yeah, um, keep, it's fine. keep tabs on the Twitters. Yeah. And um... You know, we've got about three days until puck drop tonight, so it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, two nights ago, um, if you're listening on podcast, the game that's coming up two days ago. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. We really stretched this one out. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We had people actually like hang out with us for two hours. That's sad. Uh, so we'll see you um, whenever we do. Bye.